2: Okay, I think we're having some kind of technical difficulties because Emmett can't talk on the show. Emmett, can you hear me at all? Uh, let me see if I can play a clip. Because uh, I don't know if Emma can hear me and uh, everything went
3: dead here just a minute ago, so. Okay, I
0: hear
2: you now. Okay, so you can hear
0: me? You have put a new song in my mouth. A Uh, sound of praise. A sound that resonates that that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed that the king crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ, from dusk to dawn, from age to age. Your praise not in all the earth. Deliverer, of deliver. ruler of an everlasting...
3: I start to carry okay. Thank you.
2: All right. So, Emmett and I couldn't talk before, like when we call into the show, we can call in 15 minutes early and make sure everything's working right for uh, the listening audience, and uh, we were having problems hearing each other, and then both of us got dropped off the call, and uh, now it seems like everything's working now, so hopefully everything will be fine. Welcome to the program. Today is the 22nd day of March 2022. And, uh, we're going to be going over, uh, how to qualify for the celestial kingdom today. Section two, which is how, uh, it's, is, is it how to love your brother? What's the title of the chapter? To love God and all men.
3: Uh, yeah, let me open it. Uh, love God and all men. Yep.
2: Okay. Yep. Oh, I forgot to put the page numbers down. What page, uh, what, What is the page number for this uh, section all the way to the next part
3: of whatever? So the section is on page 39. And uh, hold on. Uh, Sorry, I had to cough. Um, And it goes uh, just the sections only that one page, but chapter 4, uh, this Pure Love of Christ goes until page 53.
2: Okay, so what was the first page, 49 to
3: 53?
2: 39. 39 to 53. Oh, wow, that's a little bit of reading. Okay, so here's the way it's going to go with the program today for Emmett and for everyone else. Kim cannot read because she had to go up and take care of some stuff needed to be done today. She's on her way back from Utah County right now, and she'll call in when she can, but she's going over Soldier Summit. Uh, Soldier Summit is the um, highway six goes between Utah County over the mountain over into Carbon in Emory Counties. And the reason why it's called Soldier Summit is because when the Civil War broke out, there were a bunch of troops uh, Somewhere between six to twenty troops. Uh, there's different stories. Uh, they disaffected from the Union Army, and uh, that was stationed in Utah. And they went to go fight for the Confederacy. And uh, they they just they just like went AWOL. Anyway, they were up on Soldier Summit when there was a freak snowstorm in the middle of July up there, which I can completely see that because Soldier Summit, like we put studded tires on our car every winter because we know we have to go over the pass. And we go through blizzards there all the time. Um, Yeah, and when I used to drive for the post (laughs)
1: office,
2: excuse me, when I I used to drive for the post office, I used to bring the mail over from Provo to the post offices in uh, in Price, Utah, and then I would reload uh, in a box truck and deliver all the mail down to Emory County, except for Green River. And I used to have to go over that sucker twice a day, and uh, it didn't matter if it was a blizzard up there or not, like the mail don't stop. So uh, when they had to close the roads down because of how bad the winter got, we'd have to go down to I-70 and go over that way and come up around. So part of the reason why I don't drive the post office anymore is because there were times when I wouldn't get done. i drive, so my shift, my first shift was 2.05 two, two a.m. till I got done, and uh, there were times when I wouldn't get done till like nine, ten, eleven in the morning, and then I'm supposed to have a 10-hour break according to DOT law, uh, but the post office, they think they're above it all, you know, even though, hey, guess what? The DOT regulates trucking. Uh, anyway, but um, I would have to be back to Emory uh, to pick up the mail at, um, I think it was 3.15. And then I'd have to make my way back up. So, um And they had an apartment for the post office in Faring, which is 15 miles north of Emory. So I'd go to the apartment, sleep as much as I could, grab some food, take a shower, and then go back and pick up the mail and go back up to Provo. And I had to be there by 8 unless there was some delays or whatever. So uh, I was just not getting any sleep in the wintertime when it was really bad, like six years ago. It was about six years ago seven years ago that I did that job. And it was a really good job. I mean, it paid like 28-something an hour. They pay 32-something an hour now, but it's a really hard job because uh, the post office, the uh, warehouse there, like, uh, not the warehouse, where you dock at the post office in price, there's no heat in there, and the wind would just fly through there even though it was enclosed. So if it was, 10 degrees or five degrees outside. It was five degrees inside there. And, oh, man, it was cold. Anyway, I need to get off that tangent. So uh, we have uh, somebody coming over tomorrow at 8 in the morning. It's really important that we are available for this person to come over. Um, and, like, they, uh, we still have to get a bunch of stuff done at the house for him to come over and inspect the house. So what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to mute myself. Emmett's going to read the book, and he's not going to pause for me to say anything. After the program, or after he gets done reading, um, I will uh, try to give a summation and say
1: some things that maybe
2: come up in my mind that I could talk about. We'll also take calls after Emmett's done reading, uh, and uh, and I'll take calls. Well, I'm not going to take calls while he's reading because I want to hear what he has to say. Um, and then Kim will be on as well, and she'll probably be getting home. Hopefully by the time we're done. So uh, that's what it's going to be like today. So uh, Emmett, commence with the reading, actually. I'll uh, I'll, uh, say a prayer, and then we'll get to the reading. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we love thee so very much, and we desire Zion to be redeemed on the earth. We desire to be tools in thine hands to bring about Zion's redemption and to educate the saints on how a Zion people should be so that we can be those people that are part of that exodus and those people that redeem Zion in the wilderness as it talks about in Isaiah chapter 35 and other places. We love thee and we love thy son Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us and atoning for our sins that we may be free men led out of the bondage of death and hell, and out of the bondage of Babylon the grave, we ask for Thy blessings to be upon us as we dedicate our lives. So we say these things in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, even Jesus the Christ. Amen. Okay, that I'm going to mute myself. Go ahead with the reading. Don't I? Don't ask me if I need to say anything because I'm not going to say anything till after we're done with the reading. Got it. Okay, I won't. Okay, thank you. Alright, I'll mute myself.
3: What's up with that? Um, Section 2, Love God and All Men. In Section 1, we reviewed what is required to enter the straight and narrow path to become candidates for the celestial kingdom. We understand now that we are candidates qualified to receive celestial bodies when the time comes for that inheritance. We know we have much to do in order to become like our heavenly parents. But we know that we have this life plus a thousand years in the millennium to accomplish this. Our brightest of hope has increased in the fact that each of us can and will qualify for this great gift of eternal life. Once we are on the straight and narrow path, what must we do next? Nephi asked that very question. And now, my beloved brethren, after ye have gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask if all is done. Then he answers. Sorry, I was coughing. I say unto you, nay, wherefore ye must press forward with steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope, and a love of God in all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, he shall have eternal life. 2 Nephi, chapter 31, verses 19-20. to 20. Our goal now is to develop a perfect brightness of hope, which will remove all doubt and allow us to focus all our energies on keeping the first and great commandment of loving God with all our hearts, souls, strengths, and minds. Luke, chapter 10, verses 25-29. to 29. Nephi suggests that in order for each of us to gain eternal life, we need to develop genuine feelings for the love, or of love for God and all men. We are also counseled to have unconditional love for ourselves. This, sec- this section will review this law and how we can have joy as we progress in the straight and narrow path towards eternal life, and how we can make dominant in our lives these feelings of love for Heavenly Father. And now in chapter 4, this pure love of Christ, a lawyer asked Jesus, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Or, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself." On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets Matthew chapter twenty two verses thirty five to forty The Savior taught the lawyer several principles: first, we are to love God with God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Second, we are to love our neighbors. Third, we are to feel love for ourselves. Fourth, all the other laws, ordinances, and commandments are of little value unless we are in possession of the emotion of love of love for god this pure love of christ what does it mean to love god with all our heart soul mind m- or might and strength bruce r mcconkey suggests the following we on page 42 all thy heart with perfection or with perfect sincerity and uprightness not dividing one's devotion but having it centered totally in deity all thy soul with the utmost fervor thus love is to come from the whole being, from the inner man as well as the temporal being. All thy mind with intelligence and sense, as distinguished from blind and unthinking devotion, with enlightened reason, as distinguished from mystical and incomprehensible worship. All thy strength with might, power, and intensity, with all the energy of one's being. And there's a footnote that says one, and it goes to Bruce R. McConkie, doctrinal New Testament commentary. Uh, volume 1, page 610. To love God with all one's heart means that his feelings for him would transcend all other emotions, temporal conditions, and human relationships. For example, one, the rejected by others one's feeling of love would be greater than his feelings of, rejected, or of rejection. His need for others' approval to feel worse would be secondary to his need to share the love he felt for God. One would hate no more. To hate someone would put feelings of hate above feelings of love. One cannot love God and feel hate for his brother. First uh, John chapter 4, verse 20-21 to 21. In order to hate anyone, one must set his love for God aside. When one is afraid, oh third, when one is afraid to share the gospel with strangers, his fear is greater than his love of God. Because perfect love Cast it out fear, first John chapter four, verse eighteen. How might one overcome this fear only by drawing closer to God and enlarging his capacity to feel the pure love of God until it extends to strangers? Uh, four when one is fired from his job, he would turn unto God for strength and for his feelings for God, or er, no, for his feelings for God are greater than the emotions being created from losing the job. Alma chapter twenty six verse twelve, Uh nor on page forty three. Number five, when one's teenage daughter or son is in trouble at school, at church, or with the law, his feelings of social embarrassment are transcended by his feelings of love for God and his child. When one does not, or when one does home teaching, visiting teaching, or teaches a Sunday school lesson, it is done out of the love he feels for God. It is done for him and for the gratitude felt for his sacrifice. It is not done to gain social acceptance or for ego satisfaction. John chapter 12, verse 43. The service in the church is not done out of duty or obligation or even out of a desire to serve one's fellow men. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. It is done out of this pure love of Christ. Therefore, when one's fellows, even in the church, home teaching, the Sunday school class, uh, MIA, or primary group, reject him, he will remain steadfast in Christ and still feel love for them. For one to love God with all his heart means that one takes special care, or no, that means that one takes care of his physical body, his mental development his spiritual growth, and his temporal assets with God in mind. One would seek the Lord's counsel, looking to him in every thought. D&C, section 6, whatever, 36. I think it is verse. This would not be a burden, but an opportunity to have God contribute to one's success. God charges no temporal fee for his counsel, directions, or participation. He is always right. He really cares that every one of us succeeds, and he is always available. When one sins, his knowledge of God's love would help draw him back into the straight and narrow path. It is Satan who would tell him that God doesn't love him anymore because of his mistake. But this person would reject Satan's lie, for he knows that God does care and has a great love for him, even though he cannot feel God's love at the moment. Alma chapter 5 verse 33, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 and 5. One would not condemn himself when he makes mistakes or doesn't accomplish all the things he knows should be done. Such self-condemnation removes one from feeling the pure love of Christ. When one fails, he should look to God for strength to improve rather than spend his energy in self-condemnation contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ page 44 uh, number 12 <laughs> when one strives to keep the commandments he draws closer to God and his feelings of charity expand he does not seek to keep the commandments out of feelings of guilt nor to feel accepted by his fellow man out of feelings of duty or obligation 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6-8 to eight. his feelings of love Oh, thirteen. 13 his feelings of love will dominate all worldly praise, money, honors, or anything else found in this world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 14. This love for God will be stronger than any other love he feels for friends, parents, spouse, or children. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Dominating emotions determine one's actions. There are times when our feelings for God dominate our lives and we feel great peace and joy with Him, with our fellow man and with ourselves or ourselves there are other times when the cares of this world become dominant and it is hard to let feelings of charity preside developing a pure love of Christ takes time effort and concentration the primary purpose of this book is to help each of us find our ways or find ways to grow in this perfect love of God. Some people assume that they do not have the fear of love of Christ because this emotion does not dominate their lives each moment of the day. But the real question to ask is, am I improving because I choose to draw to Him daily? Remember that dominating emotions will determine our actions for the current moment of time. For example, a young man came to my home one day to give me a sample recommend. It seems that he had argued with his boss over something the boss had done to him, and he had lost the spirit. He felt he was no longer worthy to hold a temple recommend. A temple recommend. That morning, he and his family had a prayer. His feelings for Heavenly Father had been strong. He felt good about his life, family, and what the day would hold for him. After he arrived at work, a couple things went wrong which had upset him. But he stayed in control. He had someone ask him about the church he would have gladly testified of the gospel he would have felt spiritually in tune but during the morning the boss made some schedule changes without consulting him somewhat upset the young man had gone to his employer's office to complain his employer listened to him yeah listened to him to explain how offended he was and how it was embarrassing to him when his coworkers knew what was going on before he did as he warned to his hurts, he made it clear that since he was in charge of this phase of work, he would appreciate his employers consulting him uh em- employers is possessive there, which is weird. His employers consulted him prior to making changes in his schedule. Perhaps had the event ended at this point, all would have been fine, but his employer was now offended and abruptly expressed his authority. Plus his concern about how effective my friend was at his job. (laughs) He's saying he's bad at his job. (laughs) At this point, my friend hit the ceiling emotionally. His feelings for Heavenly Father did not dominate his heart at all. In fact, these special feelings were nowhere in sight. The fault finding of the boss created emotions in him at that moment that were much stronger than his feelings for Heavenly Father. My young friend proceeded to tell the boss a thing or two. He swore at him. He told him that others felt the same way he did about him. And he said a few other bitter, mean things that came into his mind. Then he walked out, slammed the door, and went back to his duties. (laughs) So he got into a really big argument with his boss, basically. And his boss said he was bad at his job, and he got really pissed off and just left. But went go back to do his job instead of, like, actually leaving. I think that's kind of funny the way he phrased it though. One has to keep feeding emotions in order to maintain them. Some of the other employees had heard the confrontation. They wanted to know what had happened. My friend told his side of the story over and over. He really fed his negative emotions. In fact, it was after lunch before everyone had heard what had happened. As the afternoon went by, our friend turned his mind and heart to his work and the intensity of his negative emotions began to diminish. By the time he climbed into his car to drive home, his negative feelings were reduced to the point that they were equal in intensity to his feelings about Heavenly Father. He wondered why he had been so dumb, why he had lost control and said things which weren't appropriate for an elder in the church of Jesus Christ to say. When he arrived home and told his wife what had happened, his feelings for God were dominant again, and he felt very bad about his actions. He recognized that the spirit was gone from him, and he wondered if God could ever forgive him. It was then that he decided he wasn't worthy to hold a a temple recommend, and that he ought to seek his state president, or stake president, who was just up the street, and now we're on page 46. I gave his recommend back to him. I told him that Heavenly Father loves him, even when he makes mistakes. I told him that he needed to apologize to his employer for his actions and express those feelings to the other employees, Or these feelings, not those. He said that he would, but then, why do I do these things when I know better? I explained the principle of dominating emotions and that as he went about his daily activities, his feelings for God dominated his actions, but occasionally, a condition might arise that would create powerful emotions in him which he might choose over his love of God and which would determine ungodly actions. However, as he turned away from these ungodly emotions and continued to draw closer to God... Hold on. Ugh, my asthma's been acting up today. I went and did the hay, and I guess it got in my lungs or something. Uh, continuing on. But occasionally a condition might arise that would create powerful emotions in him which he might choose over his love of God and which would determine ungodly actions. However, as he turned away from these ungodly emotions and continued to draw closer to God, his feeling for him would enlarge and the day would finally come that his feelings of love for Heavenly Father would be so strong that no connections or, or no conditions or circumstances could create emotions that would be greater. His feeling of love for the Lord would dominate his life and he would have overcome the world. I assured him that Heavenly Father would have patience with him as he progressed towards this great level of achievement. And then there's, uh, in then says, what is the highest manifestation of love? Devotion to one's fellow man for when one is in service of man, he is in the service of God. The service of God. Uh, Mosiah, Chapter 2, verse 17. Yet this statement isn't entirely true. For one can love his fellow man and not his God, but one cannot love God without loving and serving his fellow man. The highest manifestation of love is devotion to God. And there's a footnote that says, Bruce R. McConkie, Mormon Doctrine, page two hundred or 459. Remember, however that on this earth there are many good Christians who love Christ and who serve their fellow man, yet will never see the celestial kingdom. Hold on, Mom's calling me. Um... Okay, Mom called me. Uh, I told her I'm on the radio show. Hold on, I'm doing stuff. Um, Okay, I just read that. Remember, however, that on this earth there are many good Christians who love Christ and who serve their fellow man, yet will never see the celestial kingdom. We're on page 47. One who loves God will do his work, temple work, missionary work, welfare work, ward and stake work, contributing time, money, and effort to the building of this kingdom on earth, or of his kingdom on earth. One will do all these things in God's ways and not in his own way. When one does home teaching, he will do it in God's way. When members of a priesthood quorum were asked why they did home teaching, they replied with such answers as the following. Um, there's something I think you wrote in here, Dad. It says reasons to vi- uh, to visit something. It's in, like, cursive, I think. I can't read that very well. <laughs> uh, a, I feel better after it's done. B. It is a priesthood assignment. Obligation. C. I enjoy visiting. Uh, D. Hearing what the latest news is. Gossip. E. I have to do it. Duty. F. Because I love my families. Serve fellow man. G. I do not feel guilty, or I do feel guilty if I don't do it. H. I do not want to let my priesthood leaders down. I do this assignment so my priesthood leaders will see me as a person of worth. I, because I love my Heavenly Father and desire to serve Him. In actuality, every home teacher should seek to feel the love that God has for these families. And with these feelings of love, go forth to teach. He will be sensitive to the Spirit as he carries out his assignment. He will depend upon God for inspiration as he develops a close relationship with these families. Uh, we're now on page 48. Uh, I'm going to see if mom called in. Hold on. Uh, because... No, I guess she hasn't. That's weird. Um, okay. Well, she hasn't called in. That's kind of weird why she would call me in the middle of this. Anyways, continuing on. 48. How does one manifest his love for another? A daughter said to her father... Now that I have a family, I certainly appreciate the time, effort, and sacrifice, and love you have given me over the years. What can I do to repay you? How would you answer that question? Would you suggest that she and her husband pay you $400 per month for the rest of your life, or do your yard work, or shine your shoes, or take you out to dinner? And even if she did all these things, would it really repay you for all your efforts? Not likely. Not likely. This father told her daughter that the greatest gift she could ever give to him would be for her to love the Lord with all her heart and serve him unto exaltation. Why would this repay the father? A, the daughter's spiritual growth, as she served God, would bring great joy into his heart and into hers because her capacity to feel this pure love of Christ would expand. B, the daughter would experience the same love that the father had experienced in his sacrificing for her, which was the pure love of Christ. She would understand her father's strength, or where her father's strength came from. Both father and daughter would be able to have this feeling of joy throughout eternity. They would understand each other, the love they have for each other, would grow, drawing them closer to each other. The father was... Repaid manyfold as his daughter served God and other The daughter did nothing directly for her father, but he was greatly rewarded. The same principle applies to our repaying our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, for their love, sacrifice, and time spent in our behalf. We repay them by serving our fellow man and preparing ourselves to come back into God's presence. Out of the love we feel for God and his son, each of us will grow into perfection and become like our heavenly father, er, parents. For we will be like them in love, justice, mercy, judgment, faith, truth, and knowledge. The scriptures admonish. By love, serve one another. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Let all your things be done with charity. First Corinthians Chapter sixteen verse fourteen. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. John chapter thirteen verse thirty five. Hold on. Oh it's so annoying having like allergies to things. Uh if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. John chapter fifteen, verse ten. We manifest our love for God by keeping his commandments, which enhances our spiritual growth, and by using the gift of charity in serving our fellow man. The focus on serving one's fellow man out of the love one feels for Heavenly Father. Or the focus is on serving one's fellow man out of the love for one feels for Heavenly Father. Ugh. What is charity? Is it different from love for my fellow man? Purity is more than love, far more. It is everlasting, perfect love, the pure love of Christ which endures forever. It is love so centered in righteousness that the possessor has no aim or desire except for the t- eternal welfare of his own soul and for the souls of those around him. No one can assist in the Lord's work without it. B and C, uh, section 12, 8, uh, verse 8, and section 18, verse 9. And the saints of God are commanded to seek and attain it. DMC section 121, uh, verse 45. Charity is a gift of the spirit, which must be gained if one is to have salvation. And there's a footnote that says 4 here. um, And it goes to Bruce R. McConkie, Mormon Doctrine, page 121. And there was a footnote I missed at the top of the page. Um... For we will be like them, in love, justice, mercy, judgment, faith, truth, and knowledge. Um, Joseph Smith, Lectures on Faith, page 41 to 48. Um, But anyways, continuing on. God's love is perfect love. It is pure love. It is unconditional love. It is unfeigned love. As one seeks for this gift of the Spirit, he will be able to feel this pure love of Christ for himself as well as for his neighbor. How does one get this gift of charity? Charity comes by praying with it, or not praying with it, praying with all the energy of your heart unto God the Father that you will be filled with his love. Mor- Moroni chapter 7, verse 48. King Benjamin try- or teaches you that you can be filled with this love of God and obtain... A remission of your sins if you always retain in your mind the greatness of God, his goodness, and his long-suffering towards you. Mosiah chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. By using the gift of charity on behalf of others, our capacity for charity will expand. What frame of mind must one have in order to receive this pure love of Christ? One must have hope that he will be raised to eternal life. Moroni, chapter 7, verse 41. Um, One must have faith, uh, B, one must have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, faith that Christ is the way to spiritual and temporal success. Moroni, chapter 7, verse 42. C, one must seek, or one must be meek and lowly of heart. That is, one must recognize his dependence upon God in all things. Moroni, chapter 7, verse thirty three Or 43. B. One must be spiritually alive to the degree that he can testify by the power of the Holy Ghost that Jesus is the Christ. Roni chapter 7 verse 34. What are the manifest qualities of one who has the pure love of Christ? 1 Corinthians 13. I think just chapter 13. 1. He suffers long. Out of this love, one can suffer embarrassment of family members, teenagers, or rejection by friends. Out of this love one may suffer in silence Rather than point out the faults of others Or try to get even Out of this love one may give discipline to a child Even through as a consequence Through as Or though as a consequence Even though as a consequence The child's love may willfully withdrawn May be willfully withdrawn We're on page 51 Two Is kind Feelings of tenderness and concern are always present even through discipline. Firmness is required. Even though, I keep saying through, even though discipline is required. Three, envy if not. Because one sees all people through spiritual eyes, he can see that all persons have a great spiritual worth. He becomes aware that temporal success is a condition of stewardess or stewardship accountability rather than a condition of worth. Four, is not puffed up. A person's feelings of self-worth are not tied to performance in the world or acceptance by the world. His strength is found in God and service to fellow beings. He gives rather than takes. Uh, Number five, seeketh not his own. Such a person wishes to serve Heavenly Father above all else. Six, is not easily provoked. His pure love of Christ is maintained with patience and forgiveness rather than with anger and condemned actions. Hold on. Uh, Hello. Continue on. Hi.
2: Hey, so I screwed up on the program today. Um, No, you
3: didn't. I didn't know that.
2: It's still recording. So did you hear in your headset how it said, You have 90 seconds.
3: Yeah. (laughs) You have 60
2: seconds. Yeah, the reason it did that is because I was in a hurry trying to get. So I had to, like, run to get the girls uh, at school today because Kim couldn't do it. Mom couldn't do it. And so I was, like, in a mad rush to try to get the program ready and get out of there. And what I did was uh, I didn't select 120 minutes. So it always goes to 15 minutes. Like, when you first started, oh, yeah. you have to, like, select 120 minutes. So after 15 minutes, it went from live streaming to recording. And so everybody will be able to hear you on the podcast, but nobody will be able to hear you if they call in. So when Mom was trying to call in, it said, there is no show scheduled today. Well,
3: uh, uh, Mom called me... Well, that makes sense.
2: When mom called me, it knocked me off, and then I tried to call back in, and it won't let me because I'm calling into the the radio show guest line. So if yeah, so this other phone, because I have two phones, you know, I have two phones in my vehicle, one that I have a headset on and one that I have a speaker on, so that I can listen uh, without my headset on when I'm like when I have to do certain things, like put my hard hat on or whatever. So um, so this phone that I'm on now is is a Lydia's old phone that she has granted some for life. <laughs> and, um, and so if this phone number drops, and it shouldn't, because uh, I have crappy reception in a few areas, but it's not so bad that it will drop. But if you're reading along and then you're like, Okay, we're done, Dad. Dad? Dad. Uh, and I'm not there, and you look on this video, and I'm not there? Well, that means that you need to merge me in, or if you can't do that, just tell everybody thank you for listening to the program. Dad will try not to screw up again tomorrow. And, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, I may have selected 120 But Blog Talk Radio has been weird today, so there might just be a technical difficulty there. But I'm pretty sure it was user error. So, if you cannot merge me in to your phone, uh, in fact, don't even try to merge me in. If I drop, don't worry about it. Just tell everybody thank you for calling, listening, whatever, and uh, play the end music. But the other problem is you only have 30 minutes to end the program. So if you can get it read in 30 minutes, great. If you can't, it will kick you off the program, whether you're dead or not. It. Yeah, so 6.15, no, 7.15, that's all probably got because I screwed up or there was another problem, whatever. Anyway, so I will mute myself. Hopefully I don't drop. Hopefully you can get the program done by 6.15. But if it's 6.10 and you've got a ton of stuff left, I want you to find the page, tell everybody thank you for listening, tell them the page number, we'll go back to it tomorrow uh, on the next program, and then play the end music because the end music's like three and a half minutes long. So, all right?
3: Okay. I can probably get done um, in a few minutes. There's only like two and a half pages
2: Oh, okay. So, I'll just mute myself then, and you can,
3: uh, you can... I'll, try I'll finish to those four two two and a half pages. You can
2: endure <laughs> to the end. I will not interrupt you anymore. Thank you, and I'll
3: mute myself. <laughs> okay, continuing on. Six, is not easily provoked. His pure love of Christ is maintained with patience and forgiveness rather than with anger and condemned actions. Seven, think it's no evil. He seeks to have virtue garnish his thoughts unceasingly. BNC, section 121, uh, verse 45 to 46. I can't remember which verse. I'm just going to say that. Eight, rejoiceth not in inquity or iniquity, but in truth. He realizes that no one ever found happiness in wickedness. Bears all things. He is not destroyed by rejection, put downs, gossip, or persecution. Ten. Believeth all things. By the power of the Holy Ghost, he may know the truth of all things. Eleven, hopeth all things. He maintains a perfect rightness of hope that he will be raised up to meet the Savior when he comes. Twelve, Endureth all things. Yes, all. He who loses his life for my sake shall find it. Matthew chapter 10 verse 39. What can separate a person like me from the feeling of love or Christ? Or love of Christ. Okay. What can separate a person like me from feeling the love of Christ? Oh my goodness. I can't even. (laughs) I... Hold on. Uh, That was such a badly timed talk, too. Okay. A. Hating my neighbor or my enemy or my former spouse who has left me. B. Being angry or impatient. C. Desiring position in the church. D. Nursing negative attitudes. E. Disliking those who may criticize me and find fault with me. F. Equating my worth as a child of God with my performance in mortality. G. Allowing guilt feelings to control the heart. H. Feeling hopeless. Never feeling able to qualify for the celestial kingdom. I. I. Putting anything above my loving God with all my heart. J. Hating people who gave me wrong advice, financial or otherwise. K. Remaining in sin. The Apostle Paul asked, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapters eight verse thirty five and verses thirty seven to thirty nine. God always loves us. It is impossible to separate us from that love. But many things can separate us from a sense of love in our lives, as well as a personal feeling of that love for God and for others. Our challenge, then, is to eliminate from our lives those elements that will diminish the love in our lives. And that is the end of Chapter 4. Next we're on Chapter 5, Temporal and Spiritual Realities. Dad, are you alive? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for reading, Emmett. You did a good job. Um, you know uh-huh. it's windy here for uh, people who are not living in this area, and the dust. It's been really windy all day. It is. It's been windy for three days. So, cause yeah, I know earlier when I was I doing hay for
3: the oh. oh, I thought you were done talking. Well, earlier when I was doing hay for the goats, uh, I like went to flip it up and like put it over the fence. And luckily it was blowing the other way because Ashton practically had an asthma attack. He was like sneezing and dying because of all the hay that went into his lungs. And that's our (laughs) goat,
2: for people who don't know.
3: One of our goats. We have 12
2: 12 goats.
3: We have a number of goats that is in the double digits. Probably.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, we have have 12. Uh, We would have had 13, but one of them died because it hung itself on the fence. Poor Melvin. I miss Melvin. He was such a
3: good goat. He was. He was goat. the dumbest goat. He was so funny. He was.
2: Anyway, all right, uh-huh. well, so Emmett has special news today. Uh, he took his A.P.P. Oh, oh, yeah, oh,
1: yeah.
3: So I, and I don't get the never got for to five years.
2: I never got to take my ACTs or my SATs because I literally moved an average of three or four times a year because of how screwed up my life was when I was a kid. And what happened was, like, one school, they would, like, schedule the ACTs for later on in the year, and so I'd be there, and then I wouldn't get to take them because I would transfer, and the other school would be like, oh, we already did that, uh, you know, so... I never got the ACTs or the SATs. In fact, I never got to finish high school because uh, when I was in tenth grade, my aunt made me get a job and pulled me out of school. And then, uh, and then I was homeless after that. So that was great. But I did get my Day with honors. I think I got like a ninety-seven percent overall score.
3: He he is a So up kid.
2: I did. You know what GED stands
3: for, right? Uh-huh. The, the good enough degree.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I was breaking up. What, what did you say?
3: I'm all, uh-huh, the good enough degree.
2: <laughs> oh, my like gosh. general are general education
3: serious? something.
2: Uh No, it does not.
3: That's just what
2: they tell you. That's the conspiracy theory.
3: Okay, let let me say it for the third time while you can hear me. I said the good enough degree.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, I was breaking (laughs) up, and I was like, are you serious? Like, as soon as you start start talking, I, I couldn't hear you. And I was like, what the heck? And then I heard you say general education, and I'm like, no. Yeah, it's the good enough degree. So I got that when I was 17. (laughs) So, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, I did go to college for two semesters, and then I've taken online courses as well. Uh, But you know what? I I got a degree in advanced diesel mechanics because I wanted to own my own truck, and I was homeless. So that's how I got into Job Corps, and I had to do something. So Job Corps is a training program for trade training, and you can be between ages 16 to 24, and you can get trade training, your high school diploma or your GED. Uh, I just decided to do the GED because that would take less time, and uh, whatever. And uh, and you can also go to college, and you live on campus, and the government feeds you and clothes you, like they give you a weekly allowance. And, uh, and it's kind of like a minimum security prison because when you first get there, you're not allowed to leave campus, like at all. <laughs> uh, but as you earn uh, privileges by being a good boy or girl, they do have a bus that goes to Ogden and to Salt Lake on the weekends, but you have to hurry up and get back to the bus or then you get in trouble so that, uh, you know, you they leave Salt Lake around, like around midnight, and then, yeah, I loved my time I you. in Job Corps. I did really good there. And it's kind of funny because, like, the other places that I went to as a kid, when I was in, um, you know, rehab centers when I was 14 or when I was 15 and I was in uh, youth homes and, and juvenile detention, I, I loved it. I didn't want to leave. I, you know, because it was so screwed up at home that those places were stable and, uh, yeah, in fact, when I was 14, I was in a psychiatric institution on the third floor, west wing of Primary Children's Hospital for psychiatric evaluation because of all the things that had happened to me and how screwed up everything was. And... When they told me that I had to go home, I tried to kill myself because I did not want to leave. So I do really well in government prisons and well, – not that I've been to prison, but, you know, whatever. So anyway, um, but Emmett took his ACTs today. and Tell them what you got on your test. Or when you did it a couple of months ago.
3: Okay, so on like the the science one I got a thirty six on the practice test and the math one. And the the English one. And I got a thirty one I think on the other one. The there's What's- two different English ones, one's like reading, one's the actual English. And I don't know what I got on the one today because the scores don't come in for, like, a year practically. It's, like, a couple weeks, but it feels like forever.
2: A perfect score is 37, right?
3: No, it's 36.
2: Oh, okay. So you got a perfect score on math, science, and English?
3: In theory, because it was a practice test. (laughs) Yes.
2: So Emmett is, like feeling like he's gonna throw up, he's so nervous. Um, You want to be a biomedical engineer, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you've wanted to be that for a number of years, and you wanna go to MIT if you can get in. But mom and I are like, nope, you're gonna get your generals close to where we live because you're gonna live at home, and you're gonna focus on your education, yeah, and when you get your whatever, then you can go to to MIT. But I'm pretty sure Mom will have a heart attack if you move that far away. <laughs>
3: uh huh. She's gonna have an aneurysm or a panic attack or something. Yeah, and we because have been to, to, to MIT be next before source.
2: because we have toured it. Yeah, we've been there before. Remember when we went to to that uh, MIT and then we went to where the in Boston where our Cheers is like the t v show uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh-huh uh-huh
3: uh-huh,
2: and then we went to see all of the uh the really cool historical sites in Boston
3: uh yeah, they do, yes, uh-huh,
2: yeah, so uh, for the listening audience, we used to live in upstate New Hampshire, and uh there was no work in upstate New Hampshire. So uh, as a truck driver, I was able to get a job working for FedEx, New England Regional, and I actually parked my truck every night in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, But uh, at the end of the week, because I would be on it all week, at the end of the week, I would go to uh, Brockton, Massachusetts, south of Boston, and that's where I parked my truck, and then I'd have to drive from... Brockton, Boston area, uh, suburb of Boston to
1: uh,
2: uh, back up to upstate New Hampshire, uh, Littleton, Franconia area. So uh, Kim and I, well, she'd come down sometimes and we'd just like stay down in in Boston and go to the aquarium, which was awesome and fun, and uh, remember all of the uh, – Thing rays and what they did in Boston. What? I I I was was not hearing you.
3: Yeah, I I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. It was was really weird.
2: Tell the listening audience what happened at the aquarium in Clearwater, Florida, when I walked in the room.
3: Okay, that's kind of a fun story. All the stingrays, because all the kids in there, they were being kind of, you know, children. They were being rambunctious. The, there were the
2: a ton of kids, and the stingrays were in this pool, and it was pretty big. And they were like staying away from all the kids, right? Yeah. So here I come. I was like in the bathroom, and I came out, and I I went over there, and all the stingrays like swam over to me, and like they were letting me t- uh, touch them. So that was kind of weird. Kim was like, "What?"
3: <laughs> and, and then I almost and then, you when we went swimming later.
2: <laughs> oh, that's because that? the manatee, the manatee uh-huh, had to come say hi. I'm about died. Well, she thought it was, she a, it thought was, it was, was an, an ancient, vicious, ancient, vicious sea beast, but it was just a manatee. <laughs> it was like coming to say hi. So, anyway, um, when we went to Boston, we went to the aquarium there, and the same thing happened with the the stingrays. They all came over to me, and they were, like, swimming right near me and, like, right in front of me in a little circle, all of them, like a big, dense thing of stingrays, and Kim was like, that is so weird. So I don't know why stingrays like me, but it wasn't just in Clearwater, Florida. It happened in Boston too. So, remember what happened the night or the day that um, Mom and I got married, and we went to Clearwater Beach, and there was sharks in the water that were like right by us. Oh yeah, with
3: with the birds and, and the weird dolphins that like fought the sharks. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, the dolphins, a bunch of dolphins came over and chased the sharks away, and then the dolphins were near us. And then, like, Mehmet and I were, like, sitting in the water, and there were all these fish swimming all around us, just in a like, school around us. And and then the flipping birds would come down, and, like, they'd grab the fish. They'd, like, dive bomb the fish right by us, and we're like, what the heck? And then, like, as I was trying to, like, get away from all the fish, there was this crab it would not leave me alone. And it kept on clinging onto my swimming suit and I'd pull we it off like and I would all like... the
3: way up the beach. <laughs>
2: yeah, I remember like what happened up the beach with the and clouds
3: the crab crawled back on it.
2: <laughs> you remember what happened with the clouds that night?
3: Oh yeah, remember they were like really weird colored and pretty?
2: And they were illuminated. There was light coming out of the clouds, but the, there was no planes behind them. And they weren't like, there was the moon wasn't behind them, but they were illuminated for some reason right above us. It was so, not like a spotlight shining on them either. It was, it was really interesting. I'm climbing yeah, the washcloth, cool. plants. So go ahead. And uh, to say before we end the program, go ahead and do that. But if not, then cue the music. And thank you, Emma, for for helping tonight.
3: I have one thing to say. You're welcome. <laughs>